What's up, everybody? Welcome to the View from Jamestown podcast edition. This is episode 50. This is the February 2021 edition. And uh, this morning, we're sitting down with TCC President Rob Roach, VP of Sales, AJ Pucharka, and Latin American Operations Manager Javier Fernandez. Good uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Ben. Morning, Ben. Morning. Congrats on 50. Wow. Yeah, Happy half you. century. Hell yeah. Halfway to 100. Have to celebrate. Been a lot of a lot of uh, content and 50 podcasts. Uh, hopefully, our our Kettlebottom creative friends can do a, a little, you know, rerun of some of the highlights of the last 50 podcasts. That would be really cool. More like a yeah, blooper reel of us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think starting to record these, whether it's a go-to meeting or you know when you do them in person, having the video there too is uh, adds to the the blooper reel, which is nice. There's been some good bloopers. Yeah, we'll, we'll put that together. We'll put that in, in this episode or maybe do a separate first 50 blooper reel. There's some good stuff in there. What, uh, I don't know, what, what stands out? I think for me, it's it's Rob slapping Nick in the face when we had the interview with the fly in his face. Uh, yeah, I was trying to kill a fly. I didn't slap my father. <laughs> I was trying to help him get that fly that kept landing on his forehead, and I killed it. Remember, I killed it. I think I killed it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like a ninja uh, slap. You know, got that sucker. When 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 the, when the door fell down behind Corey, you know that was hilarious. You know, we've had some really funny moments, man, where we've all been like belly laughing, you know, out of control. So yeah, there's there's some moments out there for sure. I mean, it's not all boring chemical talk. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I think it'll be interesting to go back and read or or re-listen to some of those early ones. I mean, the, the fact that we can go back and listen to what we were talking about February 2018, February 2019, it's it's interesting historical data on what was going on then, if we were right or wrong about stuff. It's it's interesting now to have that database and be able to go back and, and listen to them again. But yeah, so this is episode 50. Uh, this is February. Seems like there's a lot going on. We're right almost smack in the middle of the, the first quarter here for the year. It's been a... a I think hectic start to the year, busy start to the year, um, but all good stuff, it seems like, overall. Well, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, it's hectic. <laughs> it's 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 interesting. Um, you know, as far as TCC goes, it's not our first quarter. February starts our third quarter. Um, first half of the year was okay. Um, really starting to pick up uh, now in January and in February. Um, starting to see some real uh demand improvement but uh, along with demand improvement comes a lot of bottlenecks uh, especially when you factor in the pandemic uh, logistical problems supply problems plant outages and now extreme raw material increases so um i think that's about what we're looking at right now here in the beginning of february and uh there's no relief in sight we're also seeing mid-february you're going to have the chinese new year uh, that means no product will move out of China for most of the month of February. Further, uh, you know, making things difficult in terms of supply chain for products that do come out of China. You still have a 25% tariff on anything coming in from China. And just the last couple of weeks, we've seen a resurgence of coronavirus in certain areas of China. And that has really crippled them because, uh, as uh, we know, when China has a coronavirus outbreak, everything stops. So um, as far as the U.S. goes, we're, we're seeing some relief in terms of the spread. Uh, the deaths have surged, but that usually comes a couple weeks after 
Um, you know, we see a peak in coronavirus, um, uh, new cases, but uh, it looks like the, um, you know, the protocols that have been put in place in terms of uh, wearing masks and whatnot are working and people are being more conscious of that maybe and the vaccinations are having some effect. So we're really optimistic uh, looking forward that things will improve, uh, but that also means there will be improved demand and as you know, with a V-shaped uh, recovery that we've seen from a really horrendous financial picture, um, we're going to have a, at least a year or two of supply chain disruption. So, um, you know, we've been faring well with our suppliers, um, doing the best we can to keep everybody covered on volumes. Uh, the logistics company has done great work for us on finding trucks. Uh, AJ mentioned that uh, another customer of theirs had mentioned to him that they were the only logistics company that wasn't, you know, quote unquote, screwing them because it, it is so tight out there. So, um, but they've got the power of volume and they've been doing a good job for us. So, I mean, we're we're hanging in there, Ben. Yeah, and I think to, to dive deeper into a couple of those things, you know, I think the, the biggest reason for a lot of the stuff being pretty hectic is it seems like there's been a, a pretty steady and significant pickup in demand um, overall, pretty much, I think, across all the industries that we're selling. Um, you know, I know AJ and Javi, you know, the three of us talk frequently um, and are always talking about things being busy, you know, whether it's things coming in through the website, new inquiries, existing customers coming back, people looking for samples. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys can attest to the fact that it seems like demand has been uh, been pretty strong here so far this, this, this uh, year so far. Yeah, demand has been has been bonkers. I mean, coming off of critical low inventories, even a small up, uptick in demand would uh, would cause supply interruptions or or you know you know uh, a crunch in the supply chain. But we're seeing a, a big uptick in demand. So it's um you know it's it's across the board. It's it's everything you know you know that it's in every end use, every application that we that we sell into is is uh is feeling the same crunch right now. Yeah, it seems like that's been the, the most interesting thing about everything going on is obviously TCC operates and sells to a bunch of different verticals and types of product lines. And, you know, sometimes this will be busy, but this will be a little bit slower. But it seems like, you know, like you said, across the board, every every end use we sell to, every every sector that we're in seems like it's it's busy um, and, and people are optimistic. And prices going up across the board, <laughs> regardless of raw materials, regardless of uh, of anything. You know, you can just expect price increases at this point. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good segue into obviously, you know, it's all good and great that demand is is picking up and and high, um, but obviously if if the supply isn't there, that doesn't equal a, a perfect formula there. So, yeah, I know we've seen prices getting much more expensive. Logistics continues to be a challenge. Material availability in general, you know, regardless of what the price is, if you can't get the material, that's been a challenge. Um, Javi, I know you deal a lot with, you know, imports, exports, and and have a good picture of kind of global availability and material availability. I know it's, it's been an interesting time managing some of these imports. For sure. Definitely interesting times uh, with the, with the imports and exports. Lead times are longer. The validities are shorter for the quotes. So decisions have to be made very fast because otherwise the material will be gone when they, they decide to wait. So, so we have a 24 hours, 48 hours validity. And sometimes the suppliers are, withdrawing those quotes because the material is already gone. So it's, uh, it's, 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 it's very interesting at the moment. Yeah, I think, I think everyone on, on screen here can attest to the logistics challenges that are going on as well, whether it's ports being extremely backed up, LTL taking days, if not weeks, for, uh, for, for pickups and deliveries, um, you know, the, the lead time on liquid bulk tank trucks and things like that out 
you know, a couple of weeks, if not longer, it's, it's been another challenge, even if there is material available to actually getting it from point A to point B. Um, Rob, I know you have a good picture of kind of everything going on with logistics, whether it's ocean vessels, LTL, you know, bulk freight, it's, it's been very tight. seems like all those formats. Yeah. I mean, uh, just looking this morning, um, you know, at, at ocean freight from China, um, you know, to the Midwest, you're looking at $5,500. That's what we got for a quote just this morning. Um, something that historically might be for, uh, you know, a quarter of that, you know, that's four times what we might normally see. Alternative to that, or, you know, a sort of adjunct to that is that, you know, freight, ISO freight, box container freight from the U.S. outbound, very cheap. People want to keep these containers moving. So we've actually seen export from our tanks and from our inventories in the U.S. Uh, to uh, other countries. So that's been pretty interesting to us as well. Europe, you know, there's less lines coming to uh, certain destinations. Uh, there's more volume. You know, it's having an impact on any, you know, e uh, uh, departures from Europe, very expensive, expensive as well. So, yeah, I mean, freight is um, getting things out of the port is, you know, you're, you're looking at the merge because you're not going to be able to get it out on time. You're, you're going to look at additional charges uh, for a company like us. That's that's horrible because we take that on the chin that comes directly out of any profit that we take. Also, we have had a lot of discussions in the last couple of weeks. There needs to be the communication between logistics through customer service to the sales to the customer because a freight rate that was $2,200 to go from New Jersey to the Midwest is now $3,500. Well, again, if that $1,300 to get it there, to get it to the person, to get it on time, that is the rate today. If we absorb that $1,300, maybe we won't make any profit at all. Maybe we'll make a significant loss. So what some of our competitors are doing are adding on an additional line item, uh, additional freight. I mean, we haven't done it. We've been very uh, open with our customers talking about the cost of freight and uh, people. It seems like some of our competitors haven't even grasped the fact that they're paying sometimes 10, 20, even 50 percent more for freight, whether it's uh, dry bulk or liquid bulk or LTL. You're paying more for freight. And if you're not passing that along to the customer, then you're taking it on the chin. It's coming direct, directly out of the profitability, which in our business is usually a very short percentage. So it's not, we're not unable to absorb that cost. So it's been a very, um, it's been a lot of work to get the message out to, we've got, you know, hundreds and hundreds of customers to say, hey, listen, we've got this cost increase. We got to share it. There's things that we have to do. If you want to get the product and get it even close to on time, you got to pay what you got to pay, you know? So uh, it's been uh, it's been a very fluid situation that is uh, is ongoing uh, every single day. I mean, you know, we, we've seen problems with freight, but it just seems to be compounding. Yeah, you make a good point there too. I think just in terms of being informed, getting information, you know, obviously I know we're trying to pass the information across as, as best we can. All of our sales managers are talking to customers and talking about what's going on, whether it's product availability, pricing, logistics, um, but, you know, can't trust the importance enough of just understanding what's going on. Obviously, we'd love everyone to be listening to the podcast and getting our emails. But, you know, whether that's following along from us, other industry newsletters, you know, talking to logistics folks, just, you know, can't trust the importance enough about having the information, understanding what's going on. I know Robbie always talked about how important information is and the, the value of just passing information back and forth. So everyone's on the same page. Um, so, you know, I think in times like these, you can't stress enough 
just being tuned into the market, understanding what's going on for the benefit of you know your businesses and your supply chains. Well, this this podcast is 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 a is a good thing for our industry. Our industry is small, so this would be a very niche podcast. But the ramifications of what we're seeing today are trickle down to months ahead, even years ahead. You know, the fact that we're talking about today uh, a cost basis of propylene going up. What, what was it, Javi? I think we're looking at a 30, 40% increase. 46% increase. 46% increase in propylene right now based on the spot market in the 80s, in the upper 80s at times. Propylene is the flour in the cake of just about everything we sell. You know, if it's if there's eggs, milk, and flour, the flour is propylene. And, and, and this is shocking. And this will trickle down into raw materials that go into things that we consume every day. And therefore, we are seeing inflation coming in, in, in finished goods. So people need to be aware, not only is it freight, but it's raw materials, which will go into the, the critical components that we supply to our customer base. Our customer base are all people that we all know out there, or they're all brands that we recognize. So buyer beware, you know, buy now, I guess, you know, and that's what we've been saying been the last few months, right? We've been saying buy now. We were, hey, we can pat ourselves on the back because we were right. We saw this coming. Not that we were proud of that, but we, we were, were proud of the fact that we're forewarning the last three podcasts. Hey, buy now. Set yourself up now because the cost increases are coming. Don't worry about the cost of warehousing this product. That's nil compared to what's come and what is coming. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be an interesting few months. And, and, and there's a lot of factors here that are now coming together that, you know, uh, you know, we're going to see some of maybe the highest prices for the, the, the chemicals that we sell that we've seen in a decade. Yeah, I think going back to one thing we touched upon a little bit there, which was uh, the situation with China, um, which obviously plays a big role in our industry and what's going on. Um, AJ, I know you mentioned or you, you, you manage, you know, obviously one of our largest products that comes out of China and are, are closely tuned in there. You know, two things going on between the Chinese New Year affecting shipments as well as the tariffs continuing to, you know, A, remain in effect and B, not have those exemptions that were in there. You know, a bunch of a bunch of big things happening with China and, and things that will play a big role, I think, coming into pretty much the first whole half of the year. It seems like these these will be some big ramifications with delaying shipments and things like that. Yeah, and this is this is also coming off, um, you know, new environmental regulations put in place by the Chinese government. So things were tight to begin with. Uh, you know, plants were closed for periods of time, or some plants closed altogether. Um, so a lot of things in China were were tight before, you know, all of this started with uh, with the containers and, and Chinese New Year. So um, it's there's a lot of factors at play right now. And um, I don't know. I was having a conversation yesterday, and um, you know, the, the buyer was you know, asking me, do you think it's going to go right back to normal after the Chinese New Year? I said, absolutely not. It's going to take, it's going to take months, you know, for things to even get back to some sense of normalcy because it's such a backlog. Um, you know, just look at the ports of, you know, the, the West Coast ports right now, Long Beach, LA are, you know, I don't even know how many ships are out there waiting to offload right now, but th that's, takes a lot of time. It's going to, it's going to take some time to get back to, to any sense of normalcy. 
yeah, and obviously the the Chinese holiday coming up. I think the eleventh to the seventeenth. What was the what was the earliest date we heard this morning for shipments? If you place an order today from China, the best case scenario is to ship what March second. Yep. Beginning yeah. March. It is. Today's February fifth, so that's a that's a good month from now, which is and that's not the best case scenario. You know, we keep focusing on China. I mean, you know, the fact is that as as AJ talked about, the environmental regulations have already stymied a lot of. Uh, Chinese supply, the tariffs have certainly stymied supply to the U.S. Um, you know, we've 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 fallen back on you know uh, you know those countries that have uh, uh, you know vertical integration into you know propylene and and things like that and 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 back to oil and U.S. Europe Middle East they're sold out they don't have anymore you know they just don't uh, you know the 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 last 20 years the world has been positioning for low-cost supply from China. So there hasn't been the investment. There hasn't been, there, yes, in recent years with fracking, there's been a tremendous amount of investment in, in plastics, polypropylene, polyethylene, et cetera, you know, here in the U.S., but there, there, there's so much cost into investment into a new world-scale plant. The only place that that's been going on really is in China and, and in some respect in the, in the Middle East. We've seen nothing but rationalization. The global population is rising, demand is rising. People are uh, we're, we're chasing the wrong thing the last 20 years because China reversed everything. And in, 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 in their fifth plenum, they said, you know what? We're not going to be the low cost provider of everything. We're not going to pollute our country. We're not going to. You know, we're not going to be a, a, a completely polluted, low-cost provider of things for the future anymore. We're going to be more technological. We're going to be more environmentally conscious. This is flowing not only from countries, but it's flowing through corporations and 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 the world. Really, you know, there's a consciousness about that. So it's it's harder and harder to build world-scale plants. As demand increases, there's not more of that. There's actually less of that. Rationalization is a key factor here. So. Um, where we've seen very low inventories, another point that AJ made, super low inventories, uh, accounting, finance has always said, keep your inventories low, only buy when you need to. Oh my God, what a disaster that's now becoming, you know? I mean, you've lost completely by not having those inventories, you know? You, everything that you thought you'd gain, you've now lost. So, you know, all these corporate strategies have to be analyzed, you know, and, you know, Things are always tenuous. We've seen fires in plants. We've seen fires, at, you know, um, you know, at uh, uh, gasoline and oil refineries. You know, we've seen outages. We've seen major outages. We've seen lightning strikes. We've seen weather that's made for outages. I mean, you know, this is compounding here, and uh, you know, it sounds alarmist, but you know, if you're in this industry, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Yeah, I think all that kind of a good segue too to one of the other major areas that we cover is Latin America, uh, you know, Mexico and, and the rest of Latin America, both imports and exports, obviously selling some, uh, you know, to Latin America, as well as bringing material into the States and other places from Latin America. I know China has played a, a role in all that um, on, on both sides, but what's the current update with uh, with Latin America, Javi? Well, things to be, seem to be picking up overall. And you have those kind of buyers that they are okay um, having safety stock, but they don't want to get stuck with those high prices when the when the stuff turns around. But I don't think it's going to turn around in the near future. So I, I have some conversations last week and this week with with a lot of buyers that 
saying like, should I put this stuff on the water or no? I was like, my best guess is be yes, due to the fact that properly everything is moving, is moving. The, the turn is going up. It doesn't seem to the it doesn't seem that we don't we don't see the light of the little tunnel where it's going to turn. The basically is going to turn, but we it's not looking like in the next few months. So we so we are, we're having those discussions, and it, it has been very 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 some tough conversations sometimes. People don't want to hear what you, what you have to say, or when you show up with the increase of X amount. So it, it's, it has been good. But overall, people are, are taking more inventories. Latin America, for, for history, for, it has been used to import stuff. So they're, they're, they're used to lead times that now they're longer. Uh, they, under, they understand that. So, so it should be, so it should be, should be okay. Um, and then the, the industries, most of the industries are running well. Some uh, in Mexico is called red stoplight. So a lot of the industries are running 50%. The ones that are not considered essential. Brazil, same similar way, uh, running at a lower rate, but the demand is up overall across the board. So so they, you have companies running at 50%, but they have orders, orders, to, orders to fulfill. So things that are picking up, we're picking up also new new supply partners in Latin America. Uh, people, a lot of people are looking away from China, and we're looking on other sides of the world. And Latin America has a great lead time. You you'll be here in the states less than 20 days, sometimes seven days, from Colombia to Houston, or from Brazil to 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 Chicago or 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 to New York. So it's it's been really good, and that's all I have. Yeah, that's maybe my next thought is the, the main reason people are looking to Latin America from places like China or other regions. So I guess it's a combination of both. I mean, being competitive price, you know, number one, and then two, maybe the shorter lead times making it look more attractive. Yeah, the shorter lead times, same time zone, or pretty much very close to the same time zone. You have like plus three, plus, plus three with Brazil. But yeah, so it's, 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 it's been, they're very com- more competitive and the, the plans are, are kept well. And they're 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 more technology in the in the in the upcoming in the in the last few years. And one of the things uh, we've been talking a lot about lately is the demand in the local markets there. So even though we want product from you know certain locations and certain producers in Latin America, they're they're seeing very strong demand there. So it's like you know uh, not only is um, you know. Uh, the rest of the world, Latin America, is seeing improved demand, and you know, with the coronavirus, with the pandemic, a lot of uh, dependence is now on local producers. So there's less available from there too, as they try to satisfy, uh, you know, local demand first. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and, and all that brings us to kind of our typical next section on these, which would be, you know, price updates, trends. I know it's been a pretty price heavy uh, discussion here so far, which obviously is, is the biggest thing, I think playing a lot of factors into the industry. Um, but I you know, I think it's safe to say our outlook for price updates across the board coming into February and looking ahead maybe to March is, is things will be moving up, I think is the, the, the best way to summarize it. Yeah, I think Rob said it a few times earlier, place orders now, don't wait till the end of the month, place them now, because the end of the month, everyone's gonna be trying to do the same thing and trucking's uh, gonna be even worse then. So place orders now. That's a good point. I mean, I just looked, uh, WTI is 57 bucks a barrel. Now that's a 10% increase over where our last podcast was. So, you know, 
people are going to be driving more, flying more, you know, as the pandemic wanes, when and if it wanes, it's already starting to wane in certain areas. So we are already getting a forecast for oil to go up, you know, much higher than where it is now, which will also affect all these, you know, um, you know, these crack products that come off of oil and then eventually have another impact on the chemical products that we sell. So, um, you know, also um, you've got a, a strengthening dollar, but the euro to dollars at a dollar nineteen right now. Um, that's interesting, you know, that the dollar has been strengthening with all this new PPP and stimulus stimulus. PPP and stimulus is a very important topic because the PPP round two just came out. We're seeing um, very quickly companies getting PPP round two. If you've had uh, demand destruction, 25, 30% during the early days of the pandemic, the first few months, you've got the round two coming. This is gonna really start pumping out some more demand. And also the stimulus, we're looking at uh, the Democrats, they're gonna push through a 1.9 trillion stimulus. Again, this is gonna really pump demand. So. You know, I, it, we're not laughing to this this podcast because this is no fucking joke. You know, like what's going on right now? You can bleep that, George. But anyway, what's going on right now is is no joke. So uh, it's 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 really setting up for much 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 higher prices. So inflation is is what I'm seeing. So um, yeah, it's it it really is a it, it you know any if you talk about any different uh, segment of our industry, there's concern you know that that's the bottom line so um yeah it's a and aj makes a great point we had a price increases the last couple months on almost all the products across the board people tried to get product into their tanks into their warehouses ahead of time they waited to the last minute they didn't get it the prices aren't going to be waiting for the third fourth fifth day of the next month to go up they're going up on that first day so order now this is a this is a PG eighteen podcast, so I think the swear is okay. <laughs> um, but no, all good points. Um, you know, price updates are moving up. You know, strongly recommend whether you follow our podcast and uh, newsletters or whatever the industry you know publications you follow. You know, keep an eye on things like propylene, ethylene, logistics trends. It's it's going to be a, a sign of what's to come in future months. Um, we'll definitely prevent being surprised by those price update letters on the first of the month. Um, you know, better to stay ahead of it and just understand what's coming. Um, seasonal products, featured products for TCC. Um, I know we're right in the, uh, we're starting to get to the, the peak seasonal demand for things like Dicey and Urea AJ, um, two things that hopefully would uh, have orders on the books already, if those are big ones for you. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, if you don't have your Dicey orders on the books by now, you're probably going to miss the, the spring planting season. Um, but uh, yeah, Urea is strengthening, you know, um, in pricing and demand, obviously, with uh, with with all that's happening, uh, you know, the actually the the price of corn is is the main driver on the price of urea right now. The price of corn is really high, so people, uh, you know, farmers will you know spend more on fertilizer to to maximize their crop, and that increases urea demand, um, which is kind of a funny um, you know a funny tie together when you're talking industrial grade markets. But uh, yeah, the price of corn is the main driver for urea at the moment. That's good to know. I, I didn't really know that. I was trying to figure out where you're going to go from corn to urea, but that makes sense. If if corn prices are high, people are going to want more urea, more more crops. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, by by far the largest demand segment for urea is fertilizer, and that's the that's the driver for the price. 
Yeah, we're also um, we're also going into the the spring season, the demand season for plasticizers, and obviously we mentioned before propylene. Propylene goes directly into the oxo alcohols. You're going to see much higher prices on plasticizers. Um, some of the some of the movements that we've seen lately are people are looking for alternate plasticizers because the price of certain plasticizers have gone so high. Uh, one that has gotten a lot of attention recently is uh, our Evonik Elator CH. This is a, um, it, it, it's equivalent to the BASF DINCH diisononylcyclohexan 08. Um, this is a, you know, a non-phthalate plasticizer and, um, you know, things like uh, acetyltributyl citrate and, you know, different plasticizers that people are using that are uh, non-phthalate or phthalate-free uh, have risen so much in price. There's been a new attention to things like Elator CH, which uh, gives good performance in certain plastisol applications. And so we've seen like a lot of pivoting going on right now. Of course, you know, with, with propylene moving up so much, 2EH will be impacted, DOP, DOTP will certainly be impacted. So people are now looking, you know, at DINP again, where they were using DOTP, DINP, a much better performing plasticizer, by the way. And it's unfortunately a phthalate and there's the labeling requirement for Prop 65, but that's the only requirement. Otherwise, it's you know considered uh, probably the best general purpose plasticizer available, and now the lowest cost because it's lower priced than DOTP, more available than DOTP. So these are some of the products that people are pivoting to. Hey, we'll label the product to go to California so long as we can get supply. So it's not about price. It's not about you know uh, you know it is about price but it's also about availability and availability is critical right now. And so I think even though we're going into our seasonal products, it's what's available right now. And so that's a good example of what's available right now versus, you know, a much higher uh, price product that's actually worse performing. So, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, you know, some of the, some of the things we wanted to highlight, you know, the seasonal products and we're starting to see some wane and things like glycols and methanols as we move into the spring season, but the agricultural products pick up, the coatings products picked up, you're seeing extreme tightness in monopenerythitol, neopenoglycol, you know, all these different intermediates that go into coatings, watch out, it's coming, it's going to get worse. So um, that's about all I got, Benny. Yeah, you make a good point there too with the the Prop 65 labeling and, and things like that. Um, you know, the fact that if you use DINP, it just needs to be a label on Prop 65 products. You know, the, I think it's something that's come up a lot the last couple of weeks. We've been doing some virtual conferences and listening to some regulatory sessions, and there's there's great organizations out there. I know we do a lot with the plastics organization, the the you know regulatory assistant uh, organization based in D.C. who obviously lobbies for the plastics so uh, plastics industry as a whole. You know, they have some great resources for what that means, what the Prop 65 labeling mean. They lobby on behalf of, um, you know, plasticizer producers and things like that. So there are great resource, resources out there, you know, Prop 65 and labeling and all that doesn't need to be this daunting thing. Um, you know, there's, there's industry partners that are there and ready to help you. Um, obviously, us as a company, we're, we're obviously help, happy to give our two cents and try to point you in the right direction. But, you know, there's some great organizations out there to, to help if there's questions. Yeah, we mentioned earlier that propylene prices are going up by 40 some percent. What's that going to affect? Polypropylene, one of the lowest cost, most available plastics out there, polypropylene. So what does that mean? You know, you've got high demand in PPE, you've got high demand picking up in automobile and other sectors. There's going to be a shift maybe to flexible PVC or maybe to other polymers. Just like we're seeing in chemistry, you're seeing people shift 
where they can't get product or product has gotten too astronomically high in cost, they're shifting. So I think things are looking good for flexible PVC right now. Not only is this a high demand season, but some of those low cost comp competitive products are much higher cost all of a sudden. So, you know, uh, I think I think there's a good future and, and thanks for that input. You know, it, there are resources out there to keep you protected from those, you know, awful lawyers in California. You know, I mean, they're, they're, do the proper labeling, take the time, label. I just, if it were me, I'd just label anyway, just to cut CYA, just label anyway. Even if I'm using something like DOTP or, you know, uh, DPHP or something that's not Prop 65 listed, I'd still label anyway, just to cover. I mean, everything's labeled in California now anyway. It doesn't affect any sales. It doesn't affect anybody's emotional buying. Just label it. You know, if people need the products, which they do nowadays, they're going to buy it anyhow. Absolutely. Speaking of some of those resources and, and companies that are out there to, to help with things like that, obviously there's some great trade shows that always seem to have some regulatory sections and sessions in there. Obviously it's become, seems like more and more of a uh, talking point. It's something that's affecting business overall. Um, we just recently had the Plastics Virtual Liner Compounders Conference that TCC was a sponsor of. Um, you know, a couple coming up, the Chemicals America show in Fort Worth in April is still scheduled um, at a, you know, it was supposed to be in February, so it's still scheduled at that later date. We're optimistic we can be there. I know it's you know, me and AJ, one of our favorite shows to be at. Um, so we're, we're hopeful that that one's going to go on. Obviously, AFPM coming up in May and then the in-person Plastics Compounders Conference in July. Um, so some things on the books scheduled, I think uh, reasonably considered TBD at this point, but we're, uh, we're keeping an eye on and optimistic to be able to get back to trade shows and events sometime soon. I know it's a big part of our business and we're, we're looking forward to getting back out there and meeting with everybody. But I think other than that, that kind of wraps things up. You know, a couple, a couple of recent podcasts, we've had Robert Fry, our economist, uh, economist on uh, that episode is live. We are looking forward to talking to the chief economist of one of the big uh, industry publications coming up at the end of this month. Um, but other than that, you know, TCC continues to work from home. Things have been I think running pretty smooth. Business is good. Uh, operations are running pretty smooth. Um, you know, anything else to, to wrap things up here? I think that's about it, Benny, and I got to fly. So bye now. Bye now. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Appreciate y'all.